Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. Thank you so much for being here with us today on our last episode of 2017. My name's Courtney. I'm joined with Trevor and Michael today as we kind of wrap up 2017 with a holiday-related episode. Mike, Trevor, today we're talking about how we can really rein in and keep control of our spending during the holiday season because, I mean, we can all admit it's not the easiest thing at times. No, you know, if you look at some of the statistics out there, it, it's it, people just get out of control. And if you go to a mall, you can just see the frenzy going on and, and the panic. And I, I got to think that, you know, spending, it's easy. Paying for it after the fact it becomes real hard. Mike, uh, you always talk about your favorite time of the year in the holidays. And, and what day is that and why? Uh, my favorite time, like, time of the year unrelated to shopping is uh, probably Christmas Eve. Uh and then my uh, sarcastic uh, favorite day of the year is uh, Black Friday. It's, uh, it's always funny to watch people uh, hustling around and trying to start their Christmas shopping. And same even with the 24th. Like, uh, I know I, I always spend time with my family on the 24th and we're just relaxing. It's always kind of funny watching people go around doing those last minute Christmas shopping and stuff and kind of takes away from the holidays. You know, you know, sometimes if I have to go out for some last-minute groceries on the 24th, which I always seem to have to do that, I'll, I'll choose to go to Walmart instead of a, just a grocery store just to go witness that frenzy that you're, you're describing. And when you're not, you know, in it and you're just a spectator standing back and watching it unfold, it, it, it's like people have been transformed it, into... It's like to, going to the zoo. Like, I, I got to think these people... It, it really is. I mean, these people are out of control. I mean, the panic, you can see it in their faces. And you can hear it in their voices. It, it's, a, it's a horrible way to, to lead up to what's supposed to be a very festive time. I think you always hear, like, for the people who you lose sight of um, Christmas in a way because you, um, you start getting so worried about buying gifts and stuff, you lose point of the, the whole point of the season and stuff. And you, you always hear those people say, I can't wait for December 26th or whatever for Christmas to be over. And that's kind of why. And yeah, and to your point, Mike, nothing against anyone who does does last minute shopping anywhere, but it, it it really is about kind of the last minute focus on the wrong kind of maybe aspect of the holiday season. Well, you know the best be, the best way to combat that what you just described is to plan an activity for the twenty fourth that does not involve you know shopping or, or groceries or anything. So my when my kids were younger, we used to build. Uh, gingerbread houses on the 24th and we knew it because they were young it would take a long time so we could not plan to be busy doing anything else because we had you know we we had a lot of the time to do that and as my kids got older this particular christmas i'm planning to go skating we have an outdoor rink in my town and we're planning to go skating on the 24th and that is going to occupy the day, meaning there's no time to go do last minute shopping. So that's kind of a way to avoid falling into that trap. Just kind of block that day out in your calendar as a non-shopping day, as a non-consumption yeah. day. Yeah. You're busy that day. You've, you've got this activity planned. And, and so you need to be proactive and do all your, if you need last minute shopping, it has to happen on the 23rd then. So I want to get into the article. Actually, we're touching on two articles, but the first article we're kind of like touching on today is from CBC News, it's called Holiday Spending Out of Control, Canadians Tell Survey. So, I mean, I've never really thought of before kind of delving into this article, this episode today of the holidays as this really debt-consuming holiday. I mean, 
it's it's supposed to be this time of this magical time of ho- of happiness and and festivities, but I've never really looked down past that and and thought about the debt the consumption level that goes along with that. Yeah, you know, this article quotes some numbers, and I I don't know if I completely understand and them. One of the things it says is the average uh, respondent says they spend six hundred forty three dollars on gifts. It, and another three hundred dollars. And, and Trevor, I wanted to ask you about those numbers because I mean, you have a family. You you've kind of been through Christmas numerous of times, both both maybe just with your wife and and even before your wife, and now with with a family. So, are those realistic numbers? And how did they kind of compare to your holiday spending budget? Well, six hundred forty-three dollars. Yeah, that's not buying a family of uh, if, if children gifts. I I don't. Is that I, I got to think that six hundred forty three dollars per person. You know, that's the only thing that makes sense unless they're averaging, you know, single people and families all into one number to come up with an average. But uh, you know, when you have young, young kids, Christmas can be. It, it can be. It doesn't have to be, but it can be a very expensive endeavor. And I don't. I don't know about you. And just looking to you, Mike. When you were growing up in school, did, did was there this sense of kind of competition when you went back to school with all your friends kind of comparing for Christmas? Like, I feel like there is kind of this 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 aura around it where you kind of have to keep up with your, with your uh, with your peers when you go to school in elementary and even high school. I definitely think, yeah, back in maybe less than high school, but back in elementary, I, I remember that always being a thing like uh, everyone, would, all the kids would show up with their, their new things and kind of almost brag about what they, they got. And I, I think that's I think it's all starts from from your parents and stuff because uh, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses kind of thing. So I, I think it's something that it starts with the parents having to 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 be better or whatever. And then it'll it'll go down to the kids or whatever. So Trevor, Trevor oh, oh, I do want to well, ask you a question. It, when so, so we've got kind of Mike's perspective as a kid receiving presents. Over to you. I mean, I'm sure you do anything for your children. So how do you kind of when you really want to give everything to them? Well, the, the, it, you definitely don't want to fall in the trap to to you know keep up with the Joneses because that that's a slippery slope. But you definitely you want to as a parent, you want your kid to have the sort of the latest trending toy if they're if they're younger the the latest trending fashion if they're older and you definitely feel that need to not not have your child feel like sort of an outcast in society and not not receive this trendy gift so it it's a balancing act i i don't know that there's a one-size-fits-all solution but I, i do parents shoulder that that stress that that michael was describing Parents carry that stress on themselves, you know, not wanting to send their, their child, you know, to school after Christmas. And of course, the, the question I was asking, what did you get? And, and them to say, you know, not much. You kind of carry that as, as a burden as a parent yourself. And I'm just thinking here, I mean, if you are a parent, I mean, Trevor, let's let's take you for an example. If you're trying to foster good kind of holiday values within your children about kind of cherishing family and, and the small moments and the kind of the festivities and, and the energy holiday season brings along with it. I mean, did you find it a kind of a hard balancing act to kind of infuse those values within your kids plus kind of keep up the Joneses? Or, and did your kids even understand kind of the, the balancing act that you did try to bring forth in their life? Well, when we sit back and, talk and reminisce about Christmas has gone by, so I, I look at the two, every, most families, there are two sides of every family. There, there's my, my family and my wife's family, and you'd, you'll split time between them. And 
when we sit back and think about Christmases, particularly when my kids were younger, they reflect fondly of, of going to visit my my wife's family and, and, and all their kids at Christmas and the fun they had. And in those Christmases, there was no gift exchange going on whatsoever with my wife's side of the family. It was just, just the way it was and everyone accepted it. And the, the fun they had at visiting with that side of the family was unbelievable. You know, they, they, they were so wound up that they, they couldn't, you know, the stories they, they talk about, it, it goes on forever. And then my side of the family, it was all about gifts, all about, you know, exchanging gifts. And they, the, the, that was the whole focus of it. And we, we rarely reflect back on stories about the, the gifts they got from that side of the family. So I think if, if you can emphasize just being with family and let, focus less on the gifts, I think you, you end up having more memories to, to capture. So I, I do want to bring forth another statistic within this article, and it says that there has been an 8% increase on what responded to the same survey set ahead of Christmas in 2016. So, um, and this, again, refers, sorry, to the the average dollar amount spent on gifts. And and so looking back, Trevor, um, do, do you find, I mean, even in your adult life from when you first had your kids to now, and even when you remember growing up, does I mean, does inflation account for this, or have you actually noticed kind of an increase? Is, is it because of maybe our, the children today are growing up with electronics at an earlier age, and of course that's going to have a higher monetary value attached with it? Well, as your kids get old, it's hard to really measure inflation because when your kids are younger, the the toys they want are pretty basic. You know, it's plastic and it, it, it's pretty rudimentary. And as they get older, the ticks, the gifts get more maybe technology-based, and, and they tend to cost more. So it, it, it's hard to say how inflation impacted that. So it just it does get more expensive as your kids get older, and, and it's the nature of the gift that you're giving. So I, I want to bring forth another kind of statistic in here. It was a dollar value. So a respondent said on the same survey that they this year that they spent an average of $300 on decor and entertaining. So, I mean, if we focus on the decor part, the Christmas decor, the holiday decorations, Mike, I want to ask you this because you are a minimalist and, and I mean, $300 does sound like a lot to spend every single year on decorations. And I mean, those decorations are going to accumulate and you have to store them somewhere. So just overall, what are your thoughts on kind of holiday decorations and, and more of the kind of the tangible elements that come along along with this yearly holiday? So, um, I'm kind of surprised people can find $300 worth of decorations to spend. Like I, I mean, entertaining is lumped in there, but I, I kind of just, I, I'm more focused. I mean, I'm sh- even, even entertaining alone, like how that's expensive food you're buying or like whatever. I'm kind of surprised by that number. Uh, but like, so decorations, I, I have, a, I know with my family, we, we have a lot of traditions. So all of our decorations, like, I mean, some of them I, I made when I was like in grade two. So like, like there, there are these, these decorations are really nice. We can go back on and we, we were like the memories that come up with it. Like, Oh, I remember making this as a kid or I remember giving it to whoever. And so I think there's that whole tradition. Uh, for me, like, you know, I, I live, uh, I don't live with my parents anymore. I live uh, away. And when all my, when we all meet at my parents' house to set up the Christmas tree, uh, it's always like a nice, um, uh, thing so for me I, I don't really care about the actual tangibles of what's what we're setting up it's more that experience that opportunity to to be together so i i look at it more as as something to do and less of like an actual like we need to set up a christmas tree 
So, so less of a task and more of this kind of really bonding emotional moment that you really treasure every year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would agree with that. If, you know, I have a theory about Christmas decorations. So if an alien were to come and land on our planet at Christmas time and see what we did to decorate our houses <laughs> that time of year, it would, it would appear so appalling and tacky that, that they would probably just go back home, you know, thinking we, we've made, we've took a wrong turn. No, no, they, they think that all, that all the houses are a part of their alien planet with all the lights. So I'm I'm with Mike. Why why do you light up your 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 houses? Is it like a landing strip for like a a sleigh and some reindeer? So I'm with Mike. I I think if the decorations you put up, they have to have meaning, and the only way they can have meaning is by reusing them. And every time you use it, it that same decoration, there's going to be a memory triggered. So in in the ones that are handmade or or homemade by your kids, they're the most treasured ones. So if if the decorations don't trigger a memory or put you in the spirit of the season, then it's not a decoration worth using. So, and if you go out and buy a new one, have a purpose behind that decoration. You know, make make it have meaning, and you won't have to buy three hundred dollars worth. You'll just buy that one because it you know something significant happened that year, and that's what this decoration represents. So, I think that's I agree with Mike that it, it it's more the act of decorating than the decoration itself that really matters. So I, I want to talk about this kind of phenomenon of gift giving. I mean, a commonplace within households across Canada. But in this article, it says, while a large number said they enjoy giving gifts, but half of respondents said they feel duty bound to give. And then, and then a little bit earlier, it, they, it, it talks a little bit about how there's so much stress around gift giving and, and, and the kind of... And I think a lot of it is maybe the expense side of it as well. I mean, you're 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 dishing out dollars to buy these presents, but it's also some emotional and psychological stress even going to malls in, in even near anytime near December. Well, you know, it's it's when when people get older, it's it's harder and harder to to to, to know what to give them is they tend to have more and more things and need less things. But one of the mindsets my wife's always had about giving gifts is give something to somebody that they wouldn't buy themselves. And that tends to be, you know, like, uh, I don't know, a, a fancy calendar or a candle. Those are the things you don't tend to just run out and grab, you know, because you need one unless you're sort of a shopaholic. So it, it you have to have the right mindset. to it, You need to know, it's part of giving a gift is you're going to give something that you know they would like because it kind of says, I know you and care about you. So, I know you so well that I know you'd like this. And to take it to another level, and I know this is something that you wouldn't buy yourself. You know, that's the uh, utopia of gift giving. It's hard to do that for everybody, and it's hard to know everybody at that level that you have to give a gift for if if you feel an obligation. But on the recipient side, it's really hard to receive a gift and, you know, say it's something you don't like or don't want. You know that, that that's a, a burden on on the recipient. So this whole required gift giving it just creates turmoil for for both parties, right? The 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 person saying I hope you like this, and the person getting it says I hope I don't have to like this. So it it creates a lot of problems. In in my family, one thing we did so 
and my wife's side, we don't give gifts, so that's the perfect scenario in my mind. But in my family, we we decided we only would give gifts to kids, like, so adults. So when, once you're an adult, meaning you're, I don't know, out of school, we'll say, and you're earning a living, you're 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 now an adult. You no longer receive a gift. Gift gift giving is only to kids, and the kids obviously don't reciprocate. So that's kind of one way. You need to have a, a sort of a rule based gift giving within families. I, I think it 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 helps set the tone and the expectation. Mike, what as as kind of someone, I mean, you do have this very deep connection with the holiday season. I mean, you are so family oriented. You are so focused on on the magic the holidays bring. What's what's your perspective on kind of the gifts giving side of things? Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you the story. I think I told this a couple of podcasts ago. It was uh, about my uh, my father. It was back in uh, my first year of university, and uh, I was uh, I was going through exam season, and he kept harassing me about what I wanted for Christmas. I, I like the use of harassing and here. I really do like that. Yes, it was it was really harassing. It was, it was every mode of communication. He was texting me, calling me, emailing me. Uh, so I I finally uh, I got to the point where it was I think the day before exam or something, and I, I was annoyed with it. So I emailed him back saying. I don't care about getting any gifts. You know, I, I just want to go home. I want to visit the family. So buy me a train ticket. And he, he uh, so I, I don't know, to me, uh, I'm big on not uh, not buying gifts and just uh, enjoying experiences and stuff. And uh, I, I think if, if you take gifts totally away, like up to that point, I was always, we were still doing gifts exchanges and stuff. And it added so much stress to it. Like trying to figure out like, you know, kind of a, in a secretive kind of way, trying to figure out who, who, what everyone wanted and having to go out like when you had a chance and they didn't know to get the gifts and wrap them. It was so much stress. And that was the first year. And every year after that, it's been so nice. Christmas, I haven't, I haven't done any Christmas shopping in like five years. And it's been so nice. I, all I think about with Christmas is, okay, what Christmas movie are we going to watch? Where, you know, when are we going to go skating? When are we going to drink hot chocolate? So, uh, and I go to the extreme of focusing on not doing gifts. I do have a question for you though. I mean, I, it's around the holiday season. I, you kind of, that question comes up. I mean, it's a kind of a common conversation starter. At least I find it. People go started your Christmas shopping yet. And Mike, do you ever get that feeling where you're kind of like, yep. Like, do, do you ever feel you're kind of going against the grain and, and against what society says you should be doing because you're not busy out in the mall stressing about what you're getting for your loved ones. I definitely have that people like you get that conversation kind of like uh, people always joke like that awkward conversation. Of, how about the weather? How about them Blue Jays? At Christmas time, you always hear that like, have you started Christmas shopping? And I, I usually uh, will just like agree like, oh, yeah, I have. But then like in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, you know, I'm glad I don't have that stress because that just seems annoying. Do you do, do you ever question, though, that are you, do you ever question if you're doing the holidays wrong or really are just so content with the the lack of stress you feel around this time of the year that you're okay with it and you you, you do believe you are going about it the right way yeah i'm gonna go with that second one i i uh, uh I, I know i saw a big difference that first year i didn't um go christmas shopping and i for me it was uh it was such a an enjoyable thing that i i, I don't think i'm doing i'm content with it i, I don't think i'm doing it and, and and to, to mike to your point i mean i i we i was just finished school myself i mean it's it, December is a very busy time for uh, for a post secondary student to be out Christmas shopping as well with exam season five exams kind of on your plate and, and trying to study and, and and you do kind of head home for for the holiday season a little bit before the holiday season starts so yeah it's definitely challenging. 
So I think I think it's time we would just switch over to the kind of the second CBC News article here. And I mean, this one is just an awesome list of 10 top 10 tips to rein in your holiday spending. And uh, so this one is from CBC News and just kind of goes through 10 things to kind of bring down your holiday spending a little bit and kind of take control of how much you really are, again, spending during the holiday season. So we'll go through number, it was start at number one. Start at number one is make a list and check it twice. So this one just lists that you should really kind of make this concentrated list of who you're buying for and take serious consideration into the, the gifts that you're buying for those people. And, and the risk of not doing this is, is if, if you don't have a list and know who you're going to buy for, you'll be out shopping and you'll see something say, hey, I, I, so-and-so might like this. Maybe I'll grab it. Next thing you know, you're buying for people you weren't even planning on. And, and the other one is if you don't go out with a list and you go sh- you know, window shopping and hoping to see something, you'll end up spending more money than, than you had attended to because you're, you're, you end up impulse buying. And that's, that's a, a, a very slippery slope. So how long do you make this list? Like, uh, I know it's going to change from person to person, but like, like when, when would you cut it off? Like, uh, like you got to have a number, right? Like there's going to be someone who doesn't make the, that list. How do you, uh, how do you choose that? You mean, how, how do I make a list of, of who I'm buying for or, or how many gifts yeah, I'm buying? Yeah, like, for, like, like uh, well, a bit of both, but like, like, uh, mainly like who you're buying for, right? Cause like, uh, there, there's going to be like, you're making your list, you know, you got your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, you got your friends. And then like, maybe you, you throw your boss in there, but then like, do you throw your other coworkers on? Like where, where, where do you draw the line? You know, like, well, it, it, there's, there's probably an etiquette within your family or your, your, your circle of, of people of, of who you're going to buy for. Or I guess you have to look at it historically, you know, did, did I exchange gifts with my brother last year? Then I, I probably will this year unless we've had a conversation and did yeah. I exchange gifts well, actually it did I exchange it with my coworkers if I get a gift from a coworker some say somebody new was you know came in and they gave me a gift surprise you know I wasn't expecting to get one I'll have that conversation in November saying you know we here at work we normally don't exchange gifts and that kind of puts that to bed so but so it goes back to the whole setting the rules yeah ahead of time because yeah, yeah. there's nothing worse than receiving a gift and not reciprocating if that was the expectation so I think you need to, you, you, that's a good point. You need to make a list of who you're buying for, but you probably need to have those conversations, uh, you know, right after, right at Christmas previous that, you know, let's not do this again. Or, or, you know, if you're okay with it, then at least, you know, going forward, this is somebody I need to buy a gift for. But yeah, you, you need to go out with, you need to know who you're buying a gift for. And that, that conversation probably needs to happen way before Christmas. So item number two on the list is set a spending limit. So Trevor, I want to first ask you about this. I mean, we kind of talked about this previously, but for you, how do you and your wife kind of go about creating this reasonable spending limit? And how do you, how do you make sure you kind of don't, don't go beyond that when, when your love kind of for your children smothers you a little bit? Well, of course, you know, most of my uh, decisions start with a spreadsheet. <laughs> Why does that not surprise us? So I, I usually set up a spreadsheet, you know, in November and sort of drop in dollar amounts based on my uh, my budget and, and and sort of work it from there. So I, I started with a dollar figure and sort of back into gifts from that number. So it, it, you definitely need a spending limit. And it kind of goes back to having a list, right? If, if you go out shopping without a list or a spending limit, well, guess what? You're going to spend more than you intended every single time. Number three is avoid plastic. So, 
like I said, when I started this episode today, I did, I, I guess, I don't know why, but I didn't really associate kind of credit and the holiday season for some reason. Maybe it's the way I was raised. Maybe it's just, it's just my own, my own clouded judgment. But I mean, Trevor, do you kind of hear any conversation at work or, or Michael, do you hear any conversation at work as well, kind of surrounding the kind of the, the, the debt side of holiday spending? Well, I'll give you a, a, a real horrible view that I've seen of this or had conversation with people. So I know people who have gone Christmas shopping and, and did it all on credit, maxed out their credit cards, and they they did this knowing their mortgage was coming up for renewal. Oh. And they, yeah, you, 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 you know it. They, they rolled their credit card debt into their mortgage renewal. And then they've amortized that Christmas over the next 25 years. So that's one worse than plastic. I mean, that that's home equity line of credit. That That is a lot of people fun Christmas that, that I, I've spoke with through their home equity line of credit. So they're literally paying for Christmas over 25 years over and gift over. that keeps on taking yeah. for 25 years but i mean so, if, you, if you kind of if you think about it if you i feel like it's easy to rationalize that decision because i mean it's the holiday season you, you, you it's a time of giving you want to be able to give your family and your loved ones kind of a of a, a present and, and something that kind of represents how much you, you cherish them and so there's this the, i feel like we talked trevor we talked about this before in a past episode too about how you can kind of rationalize anything in that moment and how you have to be careful not to well you know if if you think providing a, a, a bountiful christmas gifts to your children is a way of being a good parent and providing and then you're using uh credit or a home equity line of credit or, or you know rolling this money into your mortgage as a way of financing it, you're you're only inhibiting your ability to provide for your children in the future, right? Because you've just taken money spent today and you're going to pay it back sometime in the future. So it's it's not like you're leveraging your money here. You're just time shifting it to pay for your mistakes in the future. Trevor, do you? Uh, I like. Sorry, Mike. I, I like this. I like this whole list thing because I think it goes back to that as well. Is if you um like avoid plastic, if you have your list, you know how much everything's gonna cost. And we always say like you know uh, only spend what you have. So like if you're only spending what you have, then you you're um like if with that list you know you're spending X amount of dollars. And if you have that much, then great. And and to, and to that point, Mike Trevor, is at what point do you, do you and your wife go about kind of setting money aside for the holidays, or what what does that process look like for you and you and your wife? Well, we, we build up a Chris, you know, a Christmas fund in our regular budget. So a little bit of money goes goes into an account every single week, every single month. So so how early up. does this process start, though? It, it, it's an annual thing. It never stops. It, it just keeps revolving. You know, this gift fund. December twenty sixth. <laughs> no, no, we we, we start. It, it, so it, it it's it's a savings that builds up and builds up and builds up. Obviously, around November. And then, you know, of course, it gets drained down as you buy gifts. And then, come January first, you start building it back up, month, 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 month by month. So, it's just a a, a constant evolution in our budget. And, and when we talked about, you know, we we did a podcast about emergency funds. I just want to reiterate, Christmas is never an emergency. You know, this is not a use for your emergency funds. Christmas is a, and the reason I mentioned that is. It should be in your budget. It should be planned spending. It should, 
you know what's coming. It's not yeah, a surprise. The holiday season's never a surprise. Same day every year. If you do, if you do celebrate your holidays, holiday celebrations on December twenty fifth. We should ask those people uh, shopping on the twenty fourth if that's how they feel about uh, Christmas. Uh, <laughs> I, I think to them, <laughs> like they wake up. Oh shoot. Christmas is tomorrow, but you know, it, 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 things that come up like your property taxes. There, it's a, it's it, these lump sum payments or your insurance on your car or your home insurance, your life insurance. Those are bills that you know. Are those emergencies? Are those things that you put on your credit card? No, you 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 save up because you know, in anticipation, you know they're coming and you're going to have to pay them. Christmas is no different. So let's move on to number four. Number four of 10 is if you do charge, pay it off quickly. I mean, I think this this point is very straightforward. Trevor, Mike, do you think there should be an if? Should there ever be an if? I mean, there obviously, we, if our head is screwed on straight, we know that we should be planning for 12 months in advance. But does, does if ever fly? Well, you know, so if you charge it, then pay it off quickly. Uh, obviously, you don't want to be being at the 18% interest that a credit card's carry uh, obviously has a good idea. But I mean, if you've, if you've charged too much, I would say pay the interest on the credit card. Don't roll it into a home equity line of credit or, or in, into a mortgage, you know, endure the, the, the cost of those interest payments. If anything, it'll help change your behavior in the future. Number five is do your research before you shop. So the, this this point talks about comparing price online before you even hit the store up. Um, check reputable websites. Pay attention to sh- shipping costs and dates. And and I, because I think I think that's an important point. I mean, I think you can get caught really into uh, the the last minute in store sales and, and and get trapped into that kind of holiday rush. So you guys don't remember life before the internet, but there was actually life before the internet. <laughs> what? And Christmas shopping actually was a, a longer, more drawn out process because you couldn't look online and get ideas. You actually had to go out and, and, and see what was there and how much it costs in the stores. You actually couldn't just sit in your living room in your pajamas, you know, making a list and researching the best price and then going there. It actually took, you know, you, you would start this after Thanksgiving, you know, maybe late October, early November because... You literally, that's the only, like Amazon did not exist. So you had to go out and physically get these things. Next point, number six, is don't wait until last minute. Mike, I'm directing this question towards you, kind of about last minute shopping in general. I mean, I, for a ton of our listeners, Mike is known for someone to, I don't know, wait last minute for he needs kind of a new rain jacket. Uh, we were talking about this a while ago. He needed a new rain jacket, waited last minute. So, do you, does this apply? I mean, I know you don't like shopping on the 24th, but the last minute thing, is that is that something that it kind of resonates with you? Uh, gift cards are a great thing. Uh, no, usually with, um, uh, when it comes to things like that, like um, for like other people or whatever, if, if I'm going to go buy gifts, I, I am going to buy them early and start thinking about it early. It, like kind of do the whole thing is I, I know what's coming up, so I actually plan for it. There, there's a, a deadline where it's like, like for other things, like coats or whatever, when they wear out, there's there wasn't a, a date on my calendar saying my coat's gonna start breaking on this date. Like so, that that's harder for me to plan for. Whereas I know Christmas is coming, so it's it's easier to plan for. And, and I I think if you wait to the last minute, you're probably gonna pay a premium. And if not, you're gonna have to make some sort of concession on just say you're buying some clothing. 
it'll be it won't be the color you, you knew they wanted. You'll have to make some sort of concession, so you'll end up with an, a a somewhat inadequate gift. So last minute, you, you're going to probably pay a premium, and, and two, you're going to probably have to make a concession on on your gift choices. So there's no win in there at all. And kind of to your point, the recipient's always going to know that you're uh, you did a bit of last minute shopping because you're, you're going to give it to them, and they're going to say. Uh, or you're going to say, oh, sorry, it might not be the right fit or it might not be the right color. And they, it's it always comes, it's pretty transparent when, you, when you're last minute shop. Yeah, no, it, it shows up. Number seven is choose carefully whom you shop with. And this point kind of reminds me of you are the the closest of the people you surround yourself by and that if you do shop with someone who kind of has a different mentality around a holiday shopping, that you may kind of get sucked into their vortex. Well, and you know the real danger here is that I've been shopping with people who, while they're Christmas shopping, they also shop for themselves. You know, they'll they'll see such a great deal. They said, "Oh, I could I could use that myself," and you can get sucked into that vortex. So it, it, it's actually a, a double edged sword. You're you might end up you know being sort of ashamed into buying more expensive gifts than you'd planned because somebody else is maybe judging you that you you've went shopping with, and they they start into a frenzy of buying things for themselves and then you get caught up in that as well. So we, it, I tend to like to shop with somebody who, like I, I, I prefer to shop with my wife because she seems to keep her head on straight all the time and I, I can get Doesn't caught Doesn't get distracted by shiny things? Yeah, exactly. I, I can get caught up in the frenzy. She tends to not, you know, she she's a sort of down to business type of person. Number eight is buy in bulk and, and the, this point is just really about kind of utilizing the the sales of 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 the holiday season sales and i i think that i think this point like any kind of buy one get one 50 percent off buy one get one free can be dangerous yeah you, you could end up buying just because it was a deal you'll buy gifts for somebody that you hadn't intended to buy gifts for Number nine is think outside the gift box. And I really, really like this point. I think it resonates the most for me just because, I mean, growing up, homemade gifts and and, and homemade cards were really something that was valued um, um, within my family and something that we, we really treasured. You know, one year when I was a kid, uh, we did a, a Christmas just with our immediate family of homemade gifts only. You know, this one one year we only did homemade gifts. And... There was, you know, my parents and I have one brother and we all still have those gifts to that, to this day. We still all have those same gifts and we, I don't know that they display them. I still display the one I got and uh, it was pretty memorable. It, it was, you know, it wasn't a floor covered in wrapping paper, but we were pretty awestruck about each of the gifts we got and we were just, you know, it's amazing. Sort of, we went into it, you know, not knowing what to expect and, and we were all blown away by it. So I, I actually have entertained the idea of doing this with, with my family when they're, I'll say all adults and it might be a kind of an interesting spin on, on Christmas. We'll do this one it, Christmas where it's all homemade or handmade gifts. It becomes kind of more about the experience than it does about the the actual thing. Cause like, then there's the stories behind it of like how you went about building it and how like, and then, like you said, like actually talking about it, it's. Uh, I think it comes more about the experience than it does about the object itself. The, l- the last item on this list is remember what the season is all about. And I think that truly is what today's episode is all about. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, to me, Christmas is being with family. 
and it's 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 kind of sad that you need this excuse to get together, but it's that one guaranteed time that you're going to get together, and and so it's good and bad. It'd be nice that you you would feel obligated to get together with family all the time, but this is the one time a year where you you kind of you you put everything aside and you you sort of make a commitment to get together. And I guess I'm happy that 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 time does exist in our society. I wish there was more of them. So I want to move on to a little bit of a segment where we play the what if game. I think this is really important because I I'm sure a lot of our listeners have questions that are that that are all pertaining around what if so my first what if question is what if my partner or spouse thinks about gift giving differently than differently than i do yeah i i think you just need to have the conversation you need to and not just before christmas or not definitely not on christmas (laughs) That, that, that could not end well but you need to have the conversation and just have an understanding and you know, the older you get, the, the less you need and the a lot of times the less you want. So it, it just, you become a problem to buy a gift for. And I don't ever want to be that burden to somebody that I'm, I'm this problem. And so a lot of times if you just bring it up, it'll be a relief to your partner that, that you're not going to exchange gifts. So my next question is kind of around the the workplace setting. So what if there is a gift exchange? Should you participate in that? Should you make that a priority? Well, you know, what I worked one one place I worked, they uh, they did a gift exchange where you had to give the tackiest gift possible. Oh, that's and, fun! And it, and it was, and and it you know they were tacky sweaters and tacky lamps and and uh, and what would happen is these gifts would you know the the real extreme tacky ones would sort of reappear every Christmas and get regifted, so it just turned into a lot of fun, and that's kind of a way to to, to take workplace gift giving and take the pressure off and and just make it fun. And I think if you can make, if you can take pressure off and expectation away from gift giving, it just becomes, you know, more of a social uh, encounter and and conversation piece. I know at my work, they do the same thing. Uh, uh, It's like um, uh, that whole game where everyone takes a gift. And if you don't like uh, your gift, you can, or, if you want one, someone else's gift, you steal it. So it's the same thing where it's all these cheap gifts and it's just kind of fun trying to take each other's gifts and everyone tries to end up with something kind of neat. Actually, and you know that that, that game you're describing, I, one of the downsides of that is, is you know, you'll feel bad if yours is the one gift that keeps getting, you know, given away, like nobody wants it. And I've been involved in where the gift everyone, you know, gives away and doesn't want, that person actually gets a real gift at the end like you know in this case it was a gift card so it was actually had a monetary value so the it was the whole thing was an effort to to find a gift that everyone would want to give away and not want so in and 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 that was the the goal of the game i'll call it a game and you actually want something so it kind of an extra twist to it i thought was kind of neat so my final what if question is what if we live in today's society, which we all do, but we want to instill good kind of good kind of beliefs and values and and kind of an outlook towards the holiday season. So, Mike, I might ask you this first from kind of your upbringing and who you are today. How do you hope to kind of infuse a sense of the holiday spirit within your children in the future? And, and where are you going to find that balance between 
really, really kind of following the mainstream gift giving, but also really infusing the holiday spirit and, and what it really means to you within your children? So for me, it's uh, it's all about experience. And I think I've mentioned this a lot through the episode. It's it's all about experience and uh, and it, whether it's it just enjoying the experience of the holidays, but actually to go back a couple points uh, with the what ifs, like what if um, with gifts of with your spouse or whatnot or uh, uh, friends is uh, or even your kids or whatever is um, instead of buying things for them, buy experiences. Because I know Trevor said before, you want to get um, you, you want more chances to bring people together. So what better than. I'll call it the gift that keeps on giving is, well, you meet up at Christmas, but then, oh, well, hey, like, let's go do this experience. And that's another excuse to, to all meet up together and have more experiences and kind of create that chain reaction. That's a really good idea. I, I like that philosophy because you've kind of created a second time that you're going to get together with those people, which I, I was saying I wish there was more of. And you, you actually manufacture it by giving a, a gift of an experience where you're going to get together. That's, that's a really good idea. So I know as an example, um, a few years ago, uh, my family, my parents, uh, they gave me and my my sisters, we, we it was the gift, uh, we went to go see a Brian Adams concert uh, as a family. And then the next day, we all went skating on uh, the Ottawa Canal. So uh, that, that created a whole really nice weekend where the our whole family's together, spending time together. That's 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 amazing. That That is really what the holiday season should always be about, creating opportunities for future opportunities. So I, I, I do want to move on to kind of doing a recap of, of 2017 and, and where we've been and where we're going just to wrap up the our, our see, the show before we kind of hit the new year. But before we do that, I want to ask each of you for kind of your most distinct holiday memory, what really stands out in your mind over the years. So Trevor, we'll go with you first. Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, I, I think back to my my kids when they're younger and maybe watching like a, an elf movie and, and, and reading the night before Christmas and, and sending them off to bed. You know, I, I kind of reflect on, on those memories when they're younger, but I I, I kind of like the idea of skating. I don't know. Whenever I think of Christmas, I think of skating and and maybe being cold, you know, that kind of thing. So th- those kind of things that just sort of bring sort of Christmas memories back to me. Mike, do you have one? Similar kind of idea to Trevor is it, I think it's, it, it, there's not, I don't know if I have one specific memory, but it, it's all the little things that kind of add up. And like, I know the other day I, I was, uh, it was, it was a cold morning and I was sitting on uh, uh, the floor in my house and it, it reminded me of Christmas just cause like, I, I always think about Christmas morning where I'm sitting on the floor around the Christmas tree and I know uh, my dog would be running around and just going chaotic about Christmas and uh, so just that whole like being together with the family, like like Trevor said, skating with your family and uh, making gingerbread houses, like all that kind of stuff. It just uh, big memories of Christmas. Like it, it's just to me, it's that overall idea of just being with family. And if I had to bring in kind of one of my favorite memories, it would be or it's an ongoing memory. Actually, when I come home. I, my favorite thing to do is cook with my mother and, and bake and her and I share a Pinterest board where we kind of put in our holiday recipes over the course of 12 months and her and I, we love cooking individually and we'll come, when I come home, I love to kind of catch up with her and decide on our, our holiday menu and what we're going to make for dessert and dinner and we get to experiment and have fun in the kitchen and that's really a lot of fun because it's, it's memorable moments. 
So Trevor, Mike, let's now move on to kind of recapping 2017. I mean, we had our our episode 52 where we were recording for 52 episodes, but I think it's fitting to kind of wrap up 2017 before we enter into the holidays. So I guess first off, I I, I want to touch on how grateful we are to have Mike on the show and, and add this awesome dynamic and perspective to to kind of conversations that we have. Yeah, I think having Mike on has added an, a, a new dimension to the show. I, uh, you know, reached a, a level and maybe forgot what it's like to be young. You know, so I, I think I, I'm guilty of that, and I think Mike brings that, that, that sort of reminder of you know that that's a great idea, but it doesn't work in practice. Kind of mindset, to, and, and kind of keeps me honest and, and doesn't let me forget the, the struggles of my youth. Mike, what is your vision, being a part of this podcast now, what is your vision for 2018? And, and where do you hope that this conversation kind of leads? Uh, as always, uh, I'm uh, big on the minimalism aspect and uh, the whole idea of experiences over objects and stuff. So I, I hope to keep, uh, I know Trevor's big on talking about the, the financial side, like the, the dollars and cents of it. And I hope to be able to uh, help show uh, listeners that, you have the financial side and how like by helping your finances in your, your, your wallet, you can also help experiences and just enjoying life and stuff. So you're thinking more the behavioral side of, of, of how, how we live our life and, 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 and how we and spend how our money, it may, how it might impact our yeah, finances. Yeah. I think, uh, I do okay financially. And I, I think the reason I do is because of the way I, I, perceive life and the, the way I go behaviorally about life is why I do well good like I, I don't have like I know Trevor I've seen some of your spreadsheets and you got like so many I I don't I have one kind of spreadsheet so it's like uh and but I I'm, I'm doing okay financially so I I think there there's kind of the two sides and I, I hope like you said to contrast that a bit no and my I guy use, I could probably use a little bit of that in my life because I tend to live vicariously through my spreadsheets <laughs> More than I should, right? I, I, I tend to analyze things before I actually do them. And I probably m- maybe need a, a, a different perspective to, to help me move away, move away from that direction. And, and, and Mike, I really like kind of your focus and, and your adamance on getting down to the root cause. I mean, that's all what we're about here on Simple Money Solutions is, is not putting a Band-Aid on our spending problems, but really digging down to the root. And and I, th- I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said that kind of minimalism, behavioral actions, in it really predicts and, and, predi- and, and leads to how we will spend our money. So I think the new year, I, I'm with you, we should definitely kind of dig deeper and, and focus on kind of the thoughts and, and, and behaviors that cause us to spend the money the, the and, and money the way we do and, and, and really figure out again, what, what, what is the cause? Yeah. You know, it's rare. Yeah, it's, it's rarely the math. That's the problem, right? It's the, it's the behavior. That's always the issue. So if, if we move in that direction in 2018 and focus more on the behavioral side of what's causing, you know, bad decisions and, and bad financial actions, I, I think we could offer a lot of insight to our listeners that way. And, and I mean, we are we it's, are naturally behavioral based podcasts. We do talk about those. But to, Mike, your point your point a few minutes earlier really resonated when you, when you did mention minimalism. So even focusing on, on on kind of wholesale lifestyle shifts and lifestyle philosophies as kind of that that way to get down to the roots. I think it's the whole idea, like with um, how diets never work and. Uh, like and I'm sure it'll happen for a lot of people in the new year they 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 try doing diets and and it's like you said Courtney it's the band-aid it's 
the whole idea that you're um, uh, the whole idea that uh, you're trying to fix the issue, but you're not really getting down to the like you said the root cause. So you like you you kind of deal with it for a bit, but then you're never truly dealing with it. So if you can get down to what's actually causing your health issues, then you don't need to worry about dieting, and overall, then you're having a better life. So if you get down to that. what's causing your money problems, the behavior that's triggering your 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 bad money decisions, you, you're actually it'll you're going to solve them permanently. It'll stick over the long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like we said at the beginning of the show, this is our last episode before we enter 2018. We're gonna give give it a few weeks to to really revel in the holidays and enjoy our times with our families and our loved ones. And we really hope you do the same. We don't want to record an episode and and for you to. You did not have time to enjoy it because you're time, enjoying time with your family and friends. So, Trevor, Michael, before we end this show, I, I, I want a little bit of a takeaway from, from each of you to kind of leave our listeners really soaking in kind of the main concepts we talked about in today's show. Yeah, I'm going to say at, at the holiday season, you, you know, don't, don't focus too much on the gift giving. You know, just enjoy your company and enjoy your experiences with your family. Because those are the things you're going to remember. Mike? I agree 100% with Trevor. It, focus on the experiences. And uh, I know, I, I can't remember what I got two years ago but I for Christmas. But like I can remember what I did two years ago. So uh, the memories will last a lot longer than the things. Absolutely well said. And thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in for our holiday-themed edition episode. We really appreciate having you around And from us to you, we wish you a very happy holidays, safe and a safe new year. And we'll see you right back here in 2018. Until then, keep it simple.